You're listening to Red Nation Online. Saturday, October 18th, it's Eric Anderton, Steve Perry, and I'm Ian Clark, and TFC have finally been taken off life support and are eliminated from the playoffs in a 1-1 draw with the Montreal Impact. It was always a matter of time since Toronto not looked good enough for weeks, and another home game with drop points sealed any chance to catch Columbus. We wrap up the season, look at the rumors of who won't be back in 2015, and discuss it's a bloody big joke, and if there's any hope for support going forward after eight years without the postseason. It's a massive 50-plus minutes coming up on Eastside Stand Up. Well, there's a lot of talking points in the game, I think. Uh, is this just, rolling now? Yeah, it is. Okay, it, we're, pretty much, we're pretty much in it now. I don't, know what, I don't know what to say. I mean, Steve, I finally got my prediction right. <laughs> I did, yeah, yeah. After did. all these weeks of, uh, you know, a little bit, being a little, uh, what was, I don't know, I think overconfident is not the right word, but... Optimistic. I yeah, overly opti- optimistic. Oh. This, today I was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, you got I was, somebody who yeah, supports you. Right? Yeah, right. I was adequately. Um, Smarty, well, got it. Yeah, Toronto, a one-one draw, and this was. I think the, the we were saying before we were coming home was that like this team for the last month it feels like it's been on life support. It's true. You have been overly optimistic about like you've been uh, all the predictions have been like yeah we're gonna do well we're gonna do and today you actually went with the unpopular choice of a tie which would put us out of the playoffs. Which would exclude us, right? Yeah, yeah. in the playoffs. So. That's true. You have been overly optimistic. Yeah, and then well, I'm and finally then, glad you came to the dark side. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the truth is, finally we got pushed to the point where it's like I said for the last month. I think everyone's had a sense that this is not a playoff caliber team. These aren't the kind of results that get you into the playoffs, and it's just a matter of sort of xing those games off the calendar until there was none left, and we're finally eliminated, which happened today. Even if we did, though, was would that be a good thing? To just go out and get spanked in the first round, because no. <laughs> then then the club could say, "Look, we made the playoffs. You know, they take that box." But then we're basically going to be square one next season if we have to build on that, because there's nothing left of this team that, by default, would have made the playoffs. So it seems yeah. you don't want to say it's good to have missed the playoffs, but at least it's not being considered. Okay, that's a good. You know, we'll make base camp here and try again tomorrow. Yeah. Well, that's the, obviously that's the thing that everyone's left with, whether we made it or not. 2015 has a bit of uncertainty uh, going into it, and I think that's I think that's pretty fair. I mean, there's been so much change, obviously, in the last month, especially with or month, yeah, just over a month or whatever, with Nelson being fired. But then you also just have all the rumors that are circulating the team and the guys who aren't going to be here next year. That it was like, all right, so we made the playoffs in the last spot. There's really what are we building on to make sure that happens next year? And there's still 
questions abounds. So I don't know. I mean, I think everyone, I, I kind of think people left that stadium and we were where we were sitting. It's just like, let's just get this over with. You know what I mean? Like, let's just get this game. Mm-hmm. Let's get this season over and done with so we can. You think that was today, though? Because you were actually saying, like, it's been like that for a like a, a month now, at least anyway. Like yeah. We've been going, uh, it's pretty much done. When are we mathematically out? We're just sort of waiting. Mathematically has been the thing. Yeah. yeah. I think if it wasn't for Montreal, it would have been terrible <laughs> at the stadium today. I think people yeah, are yeah, using that I think as an so excuse too, yeah. to come. Yeah. Especially yeah, when they brought the numbers that they brought. For sure. I, and I was like commenting on... Uh, I was commenting oh, on... Oh, yeah, it's our favorite cat. <laughs> yeah, back again. Or another podcast guest host. So, uh, yeah, I was thinking that uh, if they weren't here, there, there was at least some voice in the stadium. <laughs> I felt yeah. like, yeah, at least we got that. And there was. They, they. So that was different, right? Because they were like, um, they weren't in the supporter section, the traditional supporter section. They actually stuck them way up on that second oh, yeah, deck true. where it's super windy. Yeah. Uh, Tim and I went up there one year. That game that uh, the it was the Voyager Cup rain, I think, against maybe Vancouver. Yeah. And we decided, ah, oh, what's the most craziest place we could be in the stadium right now? We would go right to that top deck, and uh, so it was super windy, and that's when they got all the lightning and stuff. But, oh, they called so it off. I've never been colder in my life. That was actually, yeah, that's when they called the game yeah. off. It was freezing up there, so it was. Uh, I thought it was like maybe an extra insult to stick all the Montreal fans up there because yeah. it's like the, probably the coldest place in the in that stadium. But it also says something at at this point of the year. In which was a pivotal game that usually when I think we allocate something like 150 tickets, there was 1,700 available yeah. that they could sell off to the Montreal away fans. I, there's more. Also, I just wanted to say that the sights and sounds wise, there was a what was that? There was that chant that they were singing behind us. Uh, oh, what is it? T F C. No, 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 nowhere no. else that I'd rather be. No, no, not that one. <laughs> That's the play on the Wait, and and that's when, that's thing, when, right? Oh yeah. No, no, it was uh Was it against Montreal? Yeah, it's totally We're French uh, we suck and we don't give a fuck. Isn't yeah, it? that's it. It's something like that. You're French, you suck and we don't give a fuck. It's just like adding to the anti you know, French Montreal sentiment going on. Between the two, I mean that makes the Although they did the rivalry they did have their banner was rivalry. pretty nice at the end. That rival yes, the that Google that was hilarious. TFC yeah, in playoffs, no results found. That was beautiful. <laughs> That was beautiful. That was great. I mean, that totally that's off. That's a great take. Uh, and one of the things, we, one of the other things we were thinking of is that um, you know I don't think Montreal's beat us in our stadium yet. I don't no. know. I don't know if that's true, is but that just I think league or all I, cups. I don't know. I was thinking. I don't remember when they've beaten us at home. I feel like there is one, but I'm drawing a blank on it. Even though I think that their team is pretty good, like I like watching their team. I've watched like watching them do their off-ball running and the, the plays that they do. I it's like I like I wish I had that team. I wish I was, I was voting for them, right? Uh, I think that they're a great team, but I just I don't know, like for some reason, somehow they don't seem to get results in our stadium except for today, of course, they got a draw, so. Yeah. Anyway, which was enough, which we should state that with that draw Whatever happens with Columbus is now irrelevant because what we were sitting on with the last two games was There's we were no s- ill sistema buyout that could happen. <laughs> no, now it's now we <laughs> know that's not happening. Yeah, because we were they were six points ahead of us, so they needed to lose their two games and we need to win our two games. And because we beat them every time this year, which is actually a shocking the one maybe the one shocking note on twenty shock- fourteen is, is that we manhandled Columbus. That's the only way we would have gotten the playoffs because we got the better of them all season long. They better not go and win. I mean, lose. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, so coming into this game, though, I think, of course, the the big story. I mean, the two things that were out of our control was Nick Hagelin got a red card against New York yeah. last weekend. Oh, right. Yeah. Michael Bradley got accumulation. He's out. That's a big blow. No worries, though. I mean, we got our we got the the dynamic duo up top to strike for us. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Jermaine so, Defoe re-injured. What's the story with Jermaine Defoe? Aggravate. Aggravate was the word. Is that what it is? Aggravated his groin. Oh, okay. Well, those things you can't tell, right? So that's a perfect excuse to not come back. <laughs> it's, a, it? it's an easy injury, I think, to aggravate. And uh, although the, I think my favorite tweet, I think it was was Dwayne, Dwayne Rowland saying he had a, it was a spine spine injury. Oh yeah. As if, as if he's spineless. <laughs> Get <it>? yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> thank you yeah yeah that's uh, hilarious. there was some there was some doozies yesterday I think coming out and I was actually a little bit surprised no jerseys thrown on the field I would have expected at least although uh, because did... they had the discount jerseys today and it was hat day the uh, first thousand people got a hat yeah oh mm-hmm. too bad should have thrown those on the pitch yeah and I, I guess I'm, I'm assuming is anyone in in disagreement we will never see Jermaine Defoe at BMO Field again. No, I was hoping your shout like a month ago was going to come true, and that he pretty close, eh? Yeah, it was yeah. pretty close. I mean, we were. Just, I was like, there's only one of them that came. And I, but we did say things like he'll get injured again, like he'll whatever. So I'm, I was surprised he yeah. even played for us again, but I kind of think that was just, I think that was just a matter of probably maybe got he got some heat put on him, and realized how bad it would have looked for him just to be like. That's a nice fuck you to the critics. Everyone who's been saying he's never going to come back. Yeah. So he came back for what, like two games, three, two and a half games. <laughs> There's no reason for him to come back though, because even if he does, it's, it's already got all this negative energy. It's like when you overspend on a player, and then their name just becomes associated with that money every time the commentator calls their name. Like he's now going to be associated with making up for what's been this season. So there's yeah. no point in MLSE keeping him as the figurehead of the club on that money, based on the way that this season's panned out. Yeah. And if the thing is, if if the rumor, which I th- was something along the effect of Queens Park Rangers were were wicked willing to pony up like eleven million dollars, yeah, okay, <laughs> that's that's a bone. That's a that's good in our like on our side of things. It's like fuck yeah, I'll sell a guy for eleven million dollars. Take well, what him. What do we get? The league would take someone out. They? they would take a chunk. I would say you're gonna you're looking at five. Maybe we're looking at six. Maybe out of that. The league gets half of that. Wow. The franchise, Steve. We're part of a franchise. Oh, Subway? Yeah. Is a Subway <laughs> sub? Kind of. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of, like, on the way down here, where you're talking about Henry possibly going, like, oh. Henry's on the trading block. Not, yes, yeah, so not on the trading block, but it sounds like he's, rumor. yeah, there's a rumor is that he might get sold to Europe. And we were talking about Joe Belto's going, and uh, we last, a couple weeks ago, you were talking about Luke Moore being traded, and who else, who else is on the chopping block? G- <laughs> I mean, not chopping trading block. N- nobody's safe. I think those. Are the, those say who isn't? Yeah. So I was reading a couple of years ago in the Guardian about this. Uh, about basically the the primary thing a football team exists for is uh, is player development. That's what they do. That's all it is, right? And uh, the sort of soccer, the building a soccer team is inconsequential. It's just sort of like something else that happens uh, when you look at it. And so that's when I started thinking about, oh yeah, all these people are being developed they've spent a year here they've developed their statistics we're ready to ship them off somewhere else and get more money for them or try to get more money for them and yeah. that's kind of it you know and yeah it, i just like i it made me just think fuck there's no hope for this team man <laughs> not if we're a stepping stone 
Yeah. I think that's the yeah. biggest frustration, especially if you look at bigger teams or well, no, well, the bigger teams in Europe, they buy from teams below them. So even if you have a great season, you finish totally. six places ahead of where you imagined you'd be. You know, like Southampton this year, their team gets farmed out, and then <laughs> three other teams now have their best players. Yeah, yeah, but they're still hanging in. They're, well, Some, miraculously, miraculously, are still hanging in. But you, it's maybe salary cap helps avoid being a perpetual stepping stone. But you have to break free of that, or else you just your best players are just going to leave once there's a better offer. Yeah, you can't blame Henry yeah. if he goes to Europe because. That's a better you can, and I also think that, like in MLSC, if you're considered, if you're a Canadian, you're considered a national international player. Your options are limited, right? How many play teams are you going to get to play for in MLSC? Yeah, it's better to go overseas. Yeah, and as long as you have your like, uh, like a, a Euro passport, the your ability to jump around from league to league and like move the, up, like especially, is so easy, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, there's a lot of stories of not stories, but a lot of players who've gone to Finland, which is not not really regarded as much better if at all than MLS but they get into the Europa League they can get in Champions League like so you get seen and from, from yeah again. from Finland you can easily go to Sweden from Sweden you can easily go to Denmark from Denmark you can easily go to Netherlands and it's all can happen within one season whereas in MLS because the fact that you know if the team comes for a guy like a Daniel Henry say we'll give you two and a half million well in Europe a team will gobble it up but when I'm looking at that saying well I'm only going to get one point Two five for that. It's not worth it. Why would I? Why would I sell that guy to you? It's not worth. It's not worth it for me. And there's lots of stories of players in MLS who've wanted to move on to Europe and they couldn't because the transfer value wasn't high enough. It wasn't right, worth right. it. It wasn't worth it for the team or the league to sell them. It just it continues to raise the question: Is this the right league for us? Like as Canadians, right? Is it the right league? Is Is there really any point to selling Defoe at a high value, anyways? Because what do the club get from that in the end? If we're restricted on our salaries, mm. like. Teams in Europe can sell players as a commodity to help fund players coming in, but when we're restricted by, like, it's it's all good restrictions because you don't want to start having this huge gap like you have, like, Spain, you know, the top three and then the bottom 17 or whatever. <laughs> so, right. I mean, it's good in the sense that it prevents that gap from growing. Yeah. But what's the point of having these players sold for a high value if we're not going to be able to use that to build a team. Yeah. Well, I think my I think really the point is that it's a silver lining on a guy you just want to get rid of at this yeah. point. Like that's really and, what and it, it comes and down to. And it's going to be a guy who doesn't want to like are, can we expect more results like the or more games like the one last week where he Houston game. Where he missed like two for sure goals, right? I mean, yeah. that was the proof that he's not coming back. Yeah, well that's what I thought, you know, that's that the way that he clinched it and I was thinking, well, well did you guys watch is the that New what York we can expect too? from him if he stays? Like if, if he stays, that's what we're going to get, right? We're going to get a guy mm. who's like doesn't give a shit and that doesn't really care if we score or not yeah there was like also i thought telling things in the new york game where like oduro would come down the wing and he'd be calling for it and oduro would just shoot it and it'd go over the net and he would be angry and, and oduro wouldn't even look at him he'd just be walking away as and, and to me like what i might be yeah, taking that too far but i'm saying i look at that and i say something's like well, the chemistry's not working there. Yeah, there's or there's, other, there, right? like I said the last couple of weeks, there's I don't think there's harmony in this dressing room. I think there's probably guys who well, yeah, aren't happy with the way things have shaken out this year. Can you tell me about the uh, thing with the Gilberto interview when he asked about Defoe? Oh, yeah. Well, that was another that was another tweet this week that came out where Armin Badakian was apparently uh, interviewing Gilberto and asked him a, a question to the effect of, uh, something about the you know the chemistry relationship that he built with Defoe through the season, and he just declined to comment on it. No comment. No comment. Which speaks volumes. 
in this instance, right? Yeah. Because it's pretty obvious. Wouldn't you think if he has anything good to say, he would have just said of it? Of course, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and that's another guy that's, I mean... Or if they wanted to keep him around, they would certainly, like, try and stroke his ego, right? So yeah. certainly there would be something there. And to keep my, like, tinfoil hat theories on, like, the Defoe, Gilberto, and whatever things, is just that you kind of noticed that when Defoe was starting, Gilberto had disappeared, right? He was re-injured. And now that's... That's uh, right, yeah. And now Gilberto's starting, oh, Defoe's gone. So it's like right. everything has kind of worked out where those guys never really have to be on the pitch at the same time. Mm. Except, I think, the New York game they were both on at the second half. That was it. There was a game uh, earlier, in the, like not too long ago, where the, and they were yelling. They had a yelling match. You could tell they weren't liking each other. I don't know. This is before he went to England. It was yeah. before Defoe got injured. Yeah. So we obviously that that was our little segue on, on Jermaine Defoe because this is how the game starts off. Obviously, we don't have him, and and Gilberto stopping starting up top. Well, at least that's Bradley sound, right? Yeah. And then without Bradley in okay. there, we made the note right off the hop. See where it's like it is a noticeable difference. When Michael Bradley's not on the pitch. Yeah, but not maybe in not all the ways that you think. Like some people were saying, well, look, you don't have to do the fucking big buildup with Bradley, right? And you can just cut to the chase and fucking get down to playing football, which we saw from Cravel a little bit, right? That's where we saw the goal in the first 20 minutes, right? And and a great feed through the six-yard box. And I'm thinking, why haven't we been playing Cravel earlier? I mean, I don't know if he's a good player or not. And maybe it's just like... You know, good first chance, right? I mean, I don't. Has he been played? Has he played much? I wouldn't say a lot. I mean, he got a, he had a little bit of an injury at one point, but in fact, I mean, the announcer couldn't even fucking pronounce his name at the whoa, beginning. Whoa, there's another sight and sound. That was weird. Ethan Nakajima Ferran. Did you guys catch that one? No, I did. <laughs> Issy, and you call him okay. Ethan. Ethan yeah. Nakajima Ferran. And there was another one that he kind of. Oh, Jack. Uh, McInerney, I think he called him, instead of McInerney. <laughs> is it a new announcer? Was he not no, here when we had? He's, I think it's the, he's the same announcer that we yeah, had. Yeah, I think it's the same one we've always had. But when he announced Cravel in the lineup, he announced him like with like less fanfare than he did with other <laughs> players. It's like he, it was the first time he was reading his name. It's like, Warren! Cravel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just, it was weird. Anyway, he got it right when he scored. That's what the thing that they noticed is that, like, you know, with Bradley coming back all the time, and then there's like this big buildup, and to nothing like we just yeah like we spend so much time building to not make a play and today i think we kind of cut to the chase a little bit more i don't know if it's good or bad i mean i'm just it's just an observation that someone else made at the, at the pitch and i was thinking yeah i didn't notice that until you just said it <laughs> i am i love bradley so yeah, i don't, don't want to no. speak ill of him but i'm just thinking i just something else i i find maybe in recent games more than anything the a lot of things have come from the wing and I don't know why Lovitz and Oduro don't start more than they do. Yeah, Jackson, I agree. Jackson got the game today, which was good because he's more of a wing type player. But I find, I don't know, like if you look at especially like the three goal games, well, aside from the one where Haglin got two because those are set pieces. Yeah, that part, was, yeah. I don't know, there's, there's a lot of creation on the side, and you got, according to EA Sports, one of the top five fastest players in the world. That <laughs> could be something when Michael Bradley's out, right? Well, you know, yeah, the thing yeah. I never understood is if you remember the, the Kansas City game at home. And that was one where Oduro, like, stood out, like, yeah, stood apart. Sure. And when he I got isolated with, why does Sinovich, he ever get the man of the match? Has he ever Oduro, won the I don't match? think he has. But my my anyway, point, sorry. So my <laughs> point is that, to me, that was such an encouraging display. And and there was I something was realized in that game. It was like, geez, if you can get Oduro isolated with a left back, when have we seen that since then? Yeah. When have we had those opportunities for him to I get out there? I think if you got Adura on the pitch and Cravel on the pitch, you're all of a sudden starting to get creative opportunities. And I think like I, I think it was a mistake to not substitute Jackson in the game at all. I mean, I just felt like 
I don't know. Maybe it's just the game, but he had a piss poor game. I felt today. What was Jackson's best the one, play? So the one good play was when he dummied the ball, which is like he didn't even touch it, right? And that led to like a, a beautiful buildup with. Um, I think it was a bloom coming down the right side. That was the goal. Yeah, so that was the goal. Bloom came down the side. He picked up the ball, passed it over to Luke Moore. Luke Moore took the shot. The ball went up in the air. Came down to Cravel. Cravel took the shot. His goal. It was a you know. And that, that was the one time, like all the other times when the ball was going through Jackson, he would lose it. And I was just like, he's a fucking black hole. Don't give him the ball. It's not, I mean, they I like, don't know. He got a lot of ball. Like he got a lot of action this game. I mean, there's sometimes when I like his play, but today it was just like shit. Like, you know, today was an example of a bad day for him. I think we've been, <clears throat> we've been watching a team that comes across a bit like Sunday League at times too. Cause I mean, if we consider Odor, there's usually the, the really fast guy, and then there's the, the really good goal scorer. Like, there's, there's usually yeah, in, yeah. in a non-professional team, you get two or three guys that stand out as better than the rest. And then you kind of build through that. And especially, like, if you look at kids' leagues and stuff, they always have the guy with the strong kick and then the guy who can run really fast, and you just play with those two. Yeah, for and sure. Yeah. I'd almost rather we built around that system than trying to make something out of whatever's left now. Yeah, for sure. you got to play to your strengths, right? That's pretty good. I think that's... <laughs> Pretty, pretty fair analogy of kind of what we're seeing and what we've seen with Troy. And I, I think it speaks to, again, how this team has been built. It's been built, I think, just very, everything's been done so, it's just so basic. You know, it's just like, again, we've said it before last year, they're like, man, we really had trouble scoring. We're not going to get one DP striker, we're going to get two. Like, take that, you know? It's yeah, just it felt like, like, okay, they're playing whoa. makeup, but then, then did that pan out, right? It didn't right? Really. Yeah, it's like, we're going to get it's two still, guys who essentially the exact same role. That's how that's how crazy we are. That's it's how like, committed we are to getting a goal scorer. What's, it's a football team put together by people who haven't put together a football team before. Right. Yeah, that's what we're realizing. But uh, obviously, uh, we talked about the Toronto Sea goal, and then Montreal comes back, and I think we should mention with Montreal, you touched on it, Steve, though, but... I think through the whole game. Anytime. I felt like they were toying with us, really. Like, I just felt like they didn't. So, what was Mike Shred saying about, like, uh, about beforehand? They were saying, oh, we're just here to play. They're playing spoiler, right? Yeah. That that was their approach to the game today? They didn't really care. It looked that way. As long as people didn't. Yeah, it it did. It felt like, uh, it felt like, you know, they could turn it on or off whenever they felt like it, right? Like, I just felt like. Are they here to play? They're not really playing, and then all of a sudden, whammo! All this off-ball running and shit—they're like we're on the ropes, right? Yeah. Well, do you notice every time that they broke out and were attacking our end, like it always looked dangerous? Yeah. Like they always connected their I passes. I did notice that. They yeah. always got down to the 18-yard box. Whereas we struggled to string enough passes together to make it look like. like and how many yeah. chances did McInerney have? Close chances, yeah. almost connected passes to him inside the 18-yard box. Every time he box. got the ball, I fucking shit my pants, man. I swear. He's like he was dangerous, right? So like they had three or four guys up top that yeah. understood each other, knew their movements, were able to get the ball, had the technique. Toronto, on their hand, it just man, it just seems like hammering that like square peg through the round hole. Like they just were like, oh, we'll just keep and, doing this. But you know, the first half and the second half were very different. Like I felt like the first half we were actually playing pretty well, and I did see like lots of play making happening, and I was just like, oh, this is exciting, this is interesting, this is good. Uh, the second half, I felt like, shit, man, are they just freezing? What, did something happen in the dressing room? Like, like they couldn't even, like, they couldn't even trap a ball. I just felt like they couldn't do basics. I just, oh, I didn't want to even see the second half, really. Well, we were saying it's, it's 
the if life I'm, support thing. Like, we just been waiting for the plug to be pulled, waiting for that mathematically out of the playoffs thing. Yeah, maybe that was it. If they're feeling that, too then much Montreal pressure. has more reason to play because yeah. they get to kick their rivals out where we've been just trying to hang on for four weeks. Yeah, for yeah. sure, yeah. And we... It's a long, slow goodbye. Right? And we were saying, though, in the second half, so Steve, it was like all these chances that we were having, we just, at one point, we're like, it's not coming. Like, why are we even getting standing up to get into this? Like, the yeah. offside goal, In the second right? half, when Gibraltar brings the ball up, and he's, like, really inside the six-yard box, and we're like, or no, he's kicking the ball through to some to Luke Moore, and I just, and you, you, you got up on your feet, and I got up on my feet, and then we both looked at each other and go, why? <laughs> <laughs> That's the moment where I was just like, you're right. We're not going to score. It's not happening. Even when we did score. continued delusion. Even when the ball went in the back of the net, it got called back. That's true. That's when I was like, I'm done. I'm yeah. not standing up anymore. And then the, there was plays after that, and I'm just seeing, I'm like, you're all a bunch of suckers. I don't know why you're standing up. The yeah. ball's not going to go in. Even if it did, it's not going to count. Yeah. But, you know, something we haven't talked about is all the fucking cards. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. That was, that was crazy. It was, I mean, we should, I mean, we, That's we had said unusual. It, it was an exciting game and there was tons of, like, action. Even fighting. Near the end, at least. If you're, like, in the fighting. Oh, you, yeah. You sh- well, I was going to say, not since John Conway, I think it was against Columbus, when he gra- yeah, so. took, grabbed the guy's two legs and yanked them out from <laughs> under him, have we seen a keeper kind of, like, stand up and had enough of it. And that was, I thought that was I, one of my favorite so moments. So here's a first. Okay. So we were talking about doing this new segment called First and Last. This is a first. This is the first that I've ever seen in BMO Field. Both keepers get a yellow card. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> That's a first. I right? think, but I would say Bendix yellow was a bit more stylish. Than For sure. So what did he do? He picked the guy up? The guy so was the guy got a, He got a red or something? The guy who, he was... No, he only got a yellow. He got a yellow. He moved him out of the way so that we could play on. Yeah, well, he was, he was, that was he after was, Osorio's red, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was after, it was Osorio's, after Osorio's red. red. The guy was lying just inside the field, just rolling, like, oh, my, my ankle. <laughs> oh, so so he goes mission. up, he picks him up and puts him out of bounds, right? Yeah. So then the play can continue. And people rush to try and fight him. <laughs> and so people were telling me that, like, uh, Bendik Train's doing ultimate fighting. And I was just like, go ahead, touch him. It's, it'll be on. Yeah, it would have been. I was waiting. I was waiting for someone to mess with Ben. But we were seeing Osorio was having, doing some stuff behind the sort of behind the play for a couple minutes there. Oh yeah, in the last ten minutes when Devio comes in, there was a penalty kick and uh, not a penalty kick. kick a, uh, yeah, it was a corner. It was a, yeah, it was a corner kick, and uh, so there, there was like a an impact sort of pack of players. There was five of them there, and uh, Osorio was picking up Devio and. I don't know, something happened and Osorio sort of just leans over like he's been kicked in the stomach or something. I don't know what exactly happened, but I, there was something, altercation between the two of them. So I'm just like, oh shit, like they're, ha- they're at it. But Osorio all of a sudden gets up as soon as the ball's kicked, as soon as the ball's kicked and fucking shoves him. And I was just like, oh, it's going to be, he's out now. Like I didn't, you know, I thought he was. I thought he was going to get the the red then, right? Mm-hmm. And the re- like, there was too much going on. The ref was watching the play. He was following the play. He missed the whole thing, and Devio just was like stood up from it. Like he just kind of like out of the play, right? Which was good for us because they were attacking us. But I was just like, and then he gets the red right after. And I was like, ah, that's fucking karma, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, or maybe the ref was paying attention. Something happened. But I mean, you know, these altercations. It's just like shit, Osario. Fuck. Yeah. From that, pers- from those perspective, the card perspective, great ending to the game. It was it was dramatic for sure. Uh, so lots of back and forth, and it didn't all happen in one thing, right? So there was like a there was a red earlier, and then he, the guy went after. Oh, yeah, Heath Pierce. So got Adoro, the red. Adoro got kicked down, right? And then Heath Pierce. And 
he went out as he was going off. He tried to pick a fight with Adoro, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that was the first part of it, right? Yep. That's part one. Part two is like the the Vio thing between Asario. Then in the corner after that, it's Asario and I don't know who was in the altercation. Yeah. There. didn't Hussein Kamara get so sent we, off too? Did two Montreal guys get sent off? Second round, yeah. Yeah, Kamara yeah. got sent off as well. Right. Yeah, it was crazy. That was a lot of people. I mean, that's sort of like well, it, and then the referee. It didn't was, end in a tie. I was just like, the ref could be fucking up for something. Well, the, the ref was Baldemir Tomero. It was Baldemir Toledo. Oh yeah, he's notorious for giving out red cards. Is he? Yeah, that's like his. That's his thing. Yeah, that's the way he so controls he lived, the game. He, he lived up to his reputation today for yeah, sure. Yeah, he certainly did. Shit. <laughs> um, anyway, that was weird. Yeah. So obviously guys uh this is that's it we finished this game 1-1 and mercifully toronto put out a misery and as i want to say something there's some parallels though the last game of the season still freezing yeah last game of the season still not in the playoffs i don't know it doesn't i don't know nothing's changed (laughs) nothing's changed and then we're exiting from the stadium this is the sights and sound we'll use this to segue out sure yeah and there was a bus out there waiting (laughs) a double-decker bus could you believe it no, I can't. Yeah, I mean, they had. It was uh, looked like the what one. What was, was their reference? So we, earlier in the in the sights and, and sounds, there was a chant about the uh, what was the Ontario thing? The tourism oh, Ontario. TFC. There's no place that, that I'd rather, rather be. be. <laughs> yeah, T O R T F C. Yeah, something know. like that. Which, Which was, is being play. facetious. It was tongue in cheek. So we what were, I what I loved about this is that there was a lot of parody going on with like a bunch of marketing thing jingles, right? So that was the first one, and then we get this bus. So that's the. You know, the bookend of this, right? Yeah. The bus. So what's the bus about? The double-decker well, bus? Well, obviously, at the, we all know at the start of the year when Defoe was coming, they hired this double-decker bus to drive around the city and with saying it's a bloody big deal. The whole thing, right, is a bloody big deal. Well, they had deal. that TV commercial too, yeah. right? Yeah, with people spitting out their coffee. Can't believe that Jermaine Defoe's got traded to Canada. Right? Yeah. All that stuff. It's a bloody big deal. Can't believe he's going back after playing 15 games for us or not even 20. It's a bloody bad joke. It's a bloody, bloody, yeah. It's a bad joke. Or, anyways. It's a bloody bad joke. Yeah. It's a bad joke, I think. I'm pretty sure it's a bla- bad joke. I was going to say a big joke. It doesn't matter. Oh, it's a bloody something. I it's think a bloody. It's big, yeah. It's big, okay. Yeah, yeah well, it's a big J. It was. And, uh, you know, you. It's that's a little bit. It's out here. Everyone now is walking out of the stadium and seeing this thing. And uh, you're like, oh, how are people going to react? Well, there definitely was one guy who seemed to have lo- lost <laughs> his mind. Most people were giving the thumbs they up. They took pictures with it. They, ha- they were posing. They were, this is like, this is going on my social media page. People loved it. People were eating it up, I think. As it should be. For I sure. think, and, this, and that's the thing where it's like, that's real, like, marketing. That's real, like, use of it, like, organic and sort of, like, guerrilla style. And then to kind of like rub in the face of TFC, who sort of shoves it at us at every turn and pays whatever amount of money for that kind of stuff. And it's just like, oh, comes back kind of like right full circle, right back at you. I like how they use the symbolism that we've been fed all year too with, I mean, the bus itself was ridiculous that there was a bus, like literally a bus when they unveiled him. But then even something subtle, like the font on the banner was the same font that they've been using every time they have that banner go up if you're searching the web and then, oh, you're from Toronto, here's that banner. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah i thought it was great and that's what it was I mean. great attention to detail i think yeah it's good it was it's, good it's this off. is what we've been fed is you know everything about the team has become marketed to a certain extent and now it's being used to a certain extent them. well <laughs> let's be yeah. let's be serious yes yeah but yeah. you said that in your last I, article yeah, come on man everything Every- except for the 90 minutes yeah because they they don't have you know cheerleaders in the stands so that's that's to me the certain extent, which is good because what's as soon Rachel? As touch that. Well, <laughs> Sorry, she's a sponsor. Weather report. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Scott's anyway, she's the sponsor. She's the sponsor cheerleader, I think. What you were gonna say is what you didn't finish off was that there was one response to that that wasn't so glowing. Yeah, he that guy lost his shit. So he was trying to fucking uh, he was trying to bait people. Uh, calling them like fucking disgrace. Yeah, you guys should disgrace. be fucking. Some like you should be ashamed. You're something then, like that. And then when they didn't respond to that, then he started uh, questioning their manhood. Right? Oh yeah. What the fuck is that? Who's it? Just the people holding the banner? Yes. Or? Yeah. No, a guy went by and said that to them. Yeah, but he was only accusing the banner people, not everyone else. Yeah. Everyone there was else. Quite the crowd around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like thumbs. Course, and as soon as that guy walked by, another guy went up to them and was like, "I think it's really awesome," and gave him yeah. the thumbs up. And it was just like, well, who, where did the truck come from? Because that white truck was a perfect place. So that white truck is the guy. So I was talking to him because he was sitting there and he was like, we were having this conversation afterwards about the guy, about that guy, right? And he actually followed that guy because he's like, that guy's going to, and that guy tried to come back and start a fight, right? So he was like, he was out for it, right? Uh, He's the, he was the guy who, there was some Sony giveaway, the TV giveaway. I don't know where it was or what happened. I don't even remember the Sony giveaway, but he was there to pick up the Sony TV. He was working for Sony. So he was just like, oh, he loved it, actually. He was just like, <laughs> yeah. he was going on about how great it was. Like, he was unrelated. He just was, the, he, they just let him put up the thing. It was a big white backboard, right? Yeah, it's perfect. It's like a blank billboard, right? And he had a truck that actually had like the advertising for the company, for the Sony company. Was it on the side? No, uh, he didn't drive it today. Oh, <laughs> so he was like, he was going, he was telling me, oh, it's a good thing I didn't, because then people would have all the number, and then they'd be yeah. complaining to us, right? Yeah, and yeah. We had nothing to do with it, but anyway, he just thought it was funny. Yeah, that is funny. But I think the thing that maybe we can discuss is that the guy who got so mad and seemed to think it was a disgrace that people are doing something like this, but then there is, I think we all can agree, the vast majority were like, fuck yeah, like there were so many people just taking pictures and watching it and in support of it. It seemed like they were all in support of it. And I, I think that guy was completely the minority. He's just like, uh, and you know, I wonder if he works for MLSE. Yeah. Or, well, I mean, uh, my question would be like, kind of, how, how many games have you been to? How many games has that guy been to? How many seasons has he been to games? Yeah, who knows? I think anyone I mean, who's been standing out there every game this year. It makes you question it because like, you know, have you been watching? Because really. Well, that I was feel like a sucker, right? What about the counter, Steve? This is our, this is our best statistical season ever. Yeah, well. Sure, maybe. I mean, has it been? Well, my you know my response to that is I don't. I'm. This has been probably one of our worst home seasons ever. Yeah. Well, I mean, for three years in a row, our home our home record. I would say that we watched some more exciting football this year. Like, if I was to do just like a you know off the cuff analysis, I think I saw some pretty exciting things in the stadium this year. I didn't think it was terrible. I don't think it was awful. But we're still at the point where we don't have a winning club. We don't even have like a club that's building to be a club. We still have the same bullshit that we've had for seven years. It's just like, you know, I mean, so if you're to do the analysis for next year, like who's going to be here next year, right? Which is the question we've already asked in this podcast. Like, there's probably not going to be too many of these guys, is there? I think that's the thing, too. The, The statistics were helped by having a guy like Defoe. Who I mean, he made scoring look easy in his first couple games. Was it three goals on his first four shots or something like yeah, that? Yeah. And I, I, I think that Nelson's team really leaned on that because if it wasn't for Defoe and his relationship to Defoe, because taken? they played together, right? So it exactly. was totally that partnership, right? So if I mean, if Defoe doesn't go off the boil and off to England and everything that happened, do we look at this season as positive if we have that statistically best record or whatever? Because well, we just, it's a, I think it's a misnomer. I think it's playoffs. I think it's like a marketing thing ploy, right? I think it's like 
No, I don't think it is, especially if we haven't learned to build a team. We haven't. We have. Okay, if it's uh, didn't. didn't if we everyone's just on, if everyone's on the trading company? block, if everyone's on the trading block. Sorry, what'd you say? Didn't we just associate with a new stats company or something, or is that another team? Oh, we might have. I'm not sure. I think it feels like something we would do with Bezbuchenko in charge. But if <laughs> if we did, then that's why this whole best statistical season came up. But in general, even if we didn't have if we didn't have the promise of playoffs, and we didn't have the default fall apart situation, we are still technically better than last season. So I mean, it's the smallest of silver linings. But sure, we didn't. We weren't technically out of it earlier. Like right, like right. I think I remember last year being three months still left in the season, and we were like, "That's it. It's over." But we need we need to break into the playoffs. That's yeah, and I I would maybe counter yeah, what you no, said, Steve, sure. by saying you know there was there was a stretch in early September when. You know, we had those games in hand. We were sitting in third. We had some home games, and we had some we had some away games against not tough opposition. Where we're like, oh yeah, you know, we just got to get through this, and we're sitting pretty. I mean, three nil loss at home to New England, one nil loss at home to Houston, who's below us in the table. Yeah, uh, teams that we should that have was been disappointing ne- for sure. I think there was two like DC comes here and beats us. Uh, just too many games where. But you- this year was the first year that we actually won games from coming from behind or tied games we got results like sure previous seasons what we could count on is that like we get in the second half and it would be over like you just watch the 15 last 15 minute collapse and you would lose points or you couldn't come but we could never come back and that's something that we did do this year right we did come back in some games so i don't i mean it wasn't just technically better it was better in, in some ways here i am being the cheerleader what the fuck's going on it was better in the sense, too, that it wasn't as disappointing all season long. I will admit, I literally said in August, I literally said the words that there's no way we're not in the playoffs, which I don't know why I said that. But I was. But I felt like it. And you no, could you're believe right. that. And yeah. you were watching a team that, you know, they might not have won every single week, but it was a lot more entertaining than what we've been used to. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't as hopeless as every year. Exactly. Especially without. <laughs> For the as long as it goals. was, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe I need to put that disclaimer in. It wasn't as hopeless as it was. Yeah. For yeah, yeah. Some periods it didn't feel like. Well, it was completely over. I, I will just reiterate again that my gut and things that we've seen from previous years, like in 2009 or 2010, where it's like even though we've had some good stretches, the consistency wasn't there, and there was things that would lead you to believe again that there wasn't. There wasn't harmony in the locker room. The makeup wasn't right. There was something that was yeah, off-center. Sure. And I felt that this year. Again, those those games in early September were the critical ones that set us up. We fucking shit the bed. How? And, and those it wasn't just we shit the bed. I mean, again, the New England game at home, the Philadelphia game at home, games that were we, where we should have come out, the Kansas City, even the Kansas City game at home that we lost 2-1. I mean, those were games that we would have come out and should have come out and made a statement saying, fuck, man, we're a, we're a top three team. And it wasn't just that we can't, we lost. I mean... We well, got embarrassed in those games. Was, we didn't even show up. I mean, they were gutless, heartless performances. And that's the difference between a team that can win and not, right? But, I mean, I also felt like uh, we did play well with um, maybe not our best 11, right? There was t- times, like even today. So going to today's game, the anticipation was, as you kept on finding out about who's not playing in the game, right? You're going fucking Bradley's out. You're checking the bo- Defoe's out. Uh, you know, Haglin's out. Well, Haglin wouldn't wouldn't consider necessarily the best of our top eleven. But you know, I'm just thinking there, there's a number of players that were out, and I'm just going, oh, "Fuck, we're dead." I was expecting nothing. So you know, to get a goal to be ahead in the game somewhere today, that's kind of unbelievable. I felt like in years past when we put our B team on, that would never happen. Yeah, that never happened. So one other thing I think that 
we should segue out and into. Why am I defending this club? I know. This it's kind of weird. I want to be in this position. Well, it doesn't yeah. matter. It'll be a new team next year. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. This is what I want to get. This is what I want to touch about. Because I've said this before, and we've talked about, we've always talked about rebuilding the team, rebuilding the team, and like getting things, getting things right. Strategy. But I've always this said, year they can add the stadium. They're going to rebuild the stadium. <laughs> well, that's it. Sorry. But I've kind of felt that you know, obviously we know Eric, and the reason you're on this is because how poor support has fallen off in the last few years, and this was also a year where we, you may have said, oh, maybe this is an opportunity to rebuild our support and get people on side and get something going again around the stadium. Of course, <laughs> when the product on the field completely shits the bed, it's hard for those two things to line up. Mm-hmm. But they can that can happen independently of one another. You know, they're not necessarily reliant. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know, the first few years, this t- the product was awful on the field, yet support was through the roof. And it wasn't just in the south, and it was all over the stadium. And, and this is something where, again, when we're walking into the stadium, and those are those guys that did that banner, were doing that from day one. They've been there from day one, and they're still a- around, but they're in a position where it's just like you got to show me something. There has to be something. There has to be something here for us to really feel connected to, and it's not there anymore. And it's kind of like, where do we go? What do we do? Do we just sit and keep? Doing things and waiting for the club to straighten out, or do well? It do makes me think that Lywicky might not be like this guy who's all he says he is, right? Like who uh, all that other people say he is. Like I think the guy might be just like a walking smoke and mirrors. I think he's like, you know, in L.A. when he when they were in there trying to build stuff, and then he decided to build an entertainment industry around the football stadium. Like he figures that's what I do, so that's I'm gonna build a bigger stadium. Like he just and even in that interview that he did with Cathal Kelly when the first time that they spoke, he talked about the parade route and he talked about all this other shit. But he's always talking about building like the grandstand kind of thing, right? The whole gesture, the big gesture. And I think is he just about gestures? Because maybe he doesn't really know how to run a football team, and you know he can fucking he can co- complain about Jermaine Defoe about how he's like not professional and all that stuff. But he's just like being a sour. He's he's just being a guy who really doesn't know how to build a team. Like, I don't think he's necessarily the answer. He at least did bring some balls to the whole thing. Like, he did, like, challenge these guys to open up their pockets, which is something that, you know, this is the this is an organization that has deep pockets, and they should be having the best team in the league. They should be able to buy the best players out there, right? I guess this is where my ideas coming into this builds off what Ian was saying, in that, Go ahead. Um, you know, we had great support and it's died down and now it's just a little spark a little embers and then Lewecki went and found the two biggest most expensive logs he could find and that's not going to start the fire again you've got to be able to nurture what is existing now we don't need you know all that flash we just need to be able to take I mean we haven't had success in eight years so clearly we don't need flash to have something in the stands but we need what's in the stands now to be protected and that's why it's most depressing seeing the stands these days because we're a city I feel that there's so much hope here from yeah. places where people love the sport. This would be this would be fucking great for them. This would yeah. be a lightning rod. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing I think that infuriates me the most. That is like if this club was run properly, and not just in terms of like players. I mean, I want to I want to brush the broadest stroke in terms of like the in in game experience and the support and the stands. There's no reason why there shouldn't be forty thousand people out every game. Why this expansion shouldn't be completely logical, but it's it, right now it seems completely illogical. It seems like a, the worst thing we could do because we're not going to have a full stadium. Yeah. But when you look at the communities that this this city is made up with, the only thing that's going to take to attract them down to the stadium is a fucking winner. 
And so it's like, throw out this marketing bullshit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and even in terms of like the way they try to control everything in 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 stadium, just like fuck. Well, the like, focus, off, the focus, like, people who know what so to do. So you're saying the, the you focus should go, be on building the team. That's what the focus should be. That's what we're all saying. Right? Yeah, that's essentially what we're all saying. But I'm also the saying fo- let people who know what what they let yeah, people yeah, know sure. who how to do it do it. Let supporters right understand what it takes to build support in the stadium. Don't come in here with your fucking marketing people and communications managers and whatever saying we will you know we'll help you make flags but you have to put a Budweiser logo on the back of it I think shit it's, like that you know it's just like this it's so off-putting and gross no, yeah. and it makes you not want to do it I, I think too it's it's um, the branding side of things has to go because you're I mean even if you're not going to be successful or just be lax like you should just let people bring banners like you shouldn't have to fucking put conditions on it right i think the thing is the people in the stands know what they're doing because every well i'd say most people uh who I follow toronto fc come from a place where their background probably has introduced them to football through another team so a lot of people in the stands will have another scarf or another hat or another shirt at home yeah i mean yeah. the microphone right now is wrapped with a scarf that's not toronto FC. yeah so <laughs> we know what we're doing because we've followed football from other teams we can bring that to Toronto if you just take away the branding of every single aspect of it. Yeah, it's brand. The brand has become like a handcuff. Because it, it's it's branded as uh, a fun family day out for soccer more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas the the football that we know it in in Europe and South America, you know, they're built on history of generation to generation passing it along. And granted, that does help build something. But if you're not allowing us to build it the way it's been built in Europe, then we're never going to get to that point. Agreed. And maybe that was the point that that guy was trying to make, too. Which guy? Well, he was, like, saying you shouldn't be criticizing your local team. Oh. <laughs> In the <laughs> end, that's what he was saying, right? <laughs> that's why he was chastising everybody. Maybe, well... Are they criticizing the team or the people who run the team? Because I'd like to think you can still criticize I the think, people who run the team. I think yeah. they're criticizing a whole bunch of things, right? Yeah. I, you know, I would say Certainly. that, like, I mean, we can sit here and we can be critical of players playing and whatnot but i think my strongest criticism and my like unhappiness starts at the top and comes down you know what i mean like that's where i that's where i really get like i start seeing red is when i see every second of this game has some sort of branding attached to it and when i see them it's content the decisions that are made like i'm not it's a media company right it's content to them they just want something to put on tv and to be able to sell the commercials to right i mean that's really what it comes down to for them I don't necessarily think that they really want to build. I don't know if football is like the important thing for them, right? Yeah. Fact, they out the of this collaterals, it's probably the least important to them. I think they missed the mark in this. I think they knew this was, you know, what we used to have. They might have taken for granted that you put a stadium there and oh, they're they're football fans. They're going to go nuts. And so they're and we did. We did the streamers thing and the scarves. Of thing. course, yeah, yeah. And it works. I think that was just because we had all this. And then they co-opted desire. all that spirit and they put it to the hockey team and they did all sorts yeah. of other shit. I mean, shit, not right? even that. Like the team. They did though. They took, all, they took all that fucking stuff that uh, the fans brought from TFC and they tried to transplant it onto their other teams, which didn't work because they didn't know what the fuck. Like those teams, it's a status <laughs> thing, right? Going to a hockey game. <laughs> Yeah, I don't necessarily think that they're yeah, there to see something. a hockey game, right? I think it's they're they're there to say that I could I could spend five hundred bucks on a fucking ticket. Uh, sorry, that's how I feel. Eric, I mean, you've got lots of ideas in terms of uh, things that we can do heading into twenty fifteen. Is there anything like off the hop, especially with the stadium renovation, that you would be like this front and center? I think would make the biggest impact, at least in terms of what's going on inside the stadium. To try to at least. I don't. I, I don't even know what. I don't even think the right way to say it is bring back, because 
you know, it's in the past. Like, let's just talk about building. We can't, a, re- we can't recreate that sort no, of thing. it's like it's, inaugural it's, sort of excitement. Right? No, but it's like let's get it. Like let's just get it going. Yeah, um, I I guess first and foremost, if we're excluding the idea that success is going to bring something, because success will bring passion to a certain extent. Yeah, but you don't want to build on the back of a bandwagon. Um, so I guess off the hop, as you said, the the pipe dream is general admission. And I know there's a lot in of people the south end. in the south. Yeah, well, that would be a great idea. In the south end, but yeah. just in general, we need a place that is a supporter section that is reclaimed as a supporter section because you know the tickets I got for today, I, I don't have season tickets. The tickets I got for today, I got a subhub, and it's got some corporation on the ticket, and they were in a supporter section. So that first, that should never be. So I should never <laughs> be buying tickets off subhub for the supporter section, let alone from a corporation. So, I mean, the, the only way I can think of it is it's a case of getting the right people into that end if you have, you know, supporters groups in that area. But it's also about keeping the other people out. And if you can, I mean, general admission won't... By you mean like scalpers and like... Even corporate buyers. People like who aren't really there weird. for that purpose. Exactly, yeah. And that's why I made this shout in the last article I wrote for Red Nation in that, you know, if we had a family section, then you don't have to worry about, are my kids going to be in a safe atmosphere here? There's going to be a family... Like, even the North End, if it's on wheels or whatever. Just that could be the family section. And if you want to have... They threw uh, small red balls to the fans at the end of the game today as a like a pacifier for this has been a great season. <laughs> And just throw that into the north end. They'll eat that up. We don't want that. Yeah, for sure. Nobody wants those. And uh, like you said, corporations, that's another thing I'm thinking is even membership cards, just to get into the south end, you should commit to not just going to one game off of Craigslist because it's the cheapest value. You buy a season ticket or they do those packs for six games or whatever. You get a card that way. And that's the only way to get in is a gate that only lets you into that section. Whether it's a general admission, whether it's a supporter section, I think uh, there's stadiums in Europe, uh, the the Coppin at Liverpool, Goodison Park has it in Everton, where you can't go to any other section of the ground if your ticket says that stand. And you, it's literally, that entire section is on its own. So you can't walk around the stadium like you can do at BMO Field now. And that would keep certain people out and certain people in, which would help build that atmosphere. Hmm. Yeah, that would be great. Well, that's I think, like, that's the thing is that, you know, everything about this year was like, we're rebuilding this and it was always just focused on the players and on the field and i think it neglects i think the, and i think the club neglects that it's it's whole scale like it's top to bottom everywhere i think nothing nothing is safe in terms of what can be improved and what needs to be looked at and i really do think that but the south end idea is a great idea especially now that they're do, like so the site Technically, one of the yeah. site one of the sites in silence today is that the big dig is started right there's a big oh, pile yeah. of sand yeah. at the on yeah. the east side so you know, this is the time to do it if you're building, if you're rejigging the stadium. For me, the reason why that makes sense most is what's happened as the club's gotten worse is we've divided into pockets of more and more supporters groups, which I... Yeah, that's crazy. I call them support groups more than supporters groups because they sort of tend to go to each other to make themselves feel... Like, not being critical, like, literally, like, this is a group of people who believe in supporting the same way I do, so we'll band together and buy each other's business and we'll go from there. And... We need to find a way to bring people together because clearly these groups are divided for a reason. There's internal politics within supporters and they're never going to get on the same page, whatever. But we have to realize that unless we are all for one, we're never going to... Yeah, you would think for 90 minutes they could, right? Yeah. Like, 
after the game, fuck, go on hating each other and doing whatever. But it would be ideal from 2015 onwards to maybe to have a setup where it's like, guess what? You know, we can have politics and we can disagree on so many different things. But for 90 minutes, we stand in this area and we, and this and, is what happens in this area. And I think that general admission would take that away because it's sort of like, you know, yeah, the, the lunch table yeah. in high school. This is our table. You can't sit here. Well, that, you know, one group owns this section and one group owns this section. Whereas if it's general admission, people would cluster based on their supporters groups, but then other people could join in. And I don't have to wait until there's tickets that don't cost $1,000 on Craigslist to get into that section. I would be able to go to general admission through a, a general sale to the club. Yeah, it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea, especially like uh, you look to the club to be, uh, you, I, I don't know, I look to like the club or big organization, a big entity to be the thing that's supposed to be the bridge, right? Instead of the instead of the obstacle. So yeah. maybe MLSC should be the bridge, right? And a general admission section is building that infrastructure that would make something like that possible. I mean, it's it's one way. It's it's to me, it's the way to go. For others, it's not. So it's not the only way. But I think what it means to me is bringing together supporters, getting rid of the divisions between the fans, and creating a space where we're allowed to do what we want. Because if you go to the south end now, they got those um, those posters that says this is a supporter section, and there will be standing and flags and banners, but. That's not always the case the further west you go. Yeah, Because yeah. I know 118, that's a lot different from 112. And one, you know, one thing I would probably add, Steve, would be maybe nice is that we saw today that MLC was flexible in terms of where away support goes. It would be nice if other yeah. areas are same to Because obviously where we stand, that used to be... Yeah, somewhat of a supporter section. And uh, to reclaim areas of the field. And, and like when you're talking about in conjunction with a family section. You know, maybe right. the whole upper, the second level can be for families. And the lower bowl can kind of just be like, hey, man, like this is the middle sections where the, you know, all the rich people sit. They're going to they're gonna sit down there. but well, They want the rich people to sit closer to the pitch. Yeah. Well, if they're going to move people, the stadium redevelopment is the ideal time because people are going to be moved, especially in the East Stand. They're going to have to cut that in half somehow. Yeah. So people are going to get moved. And, I mean, it, it's going to make some people upset. If I've been here since day one, this is my seat, but... I don't think there's all that much we're hanging on to other than that pride point of either team since day one. So. Yeah. I'm going to lose my vantage point to see the, the team not make the playoffs again. Yeah. I mean, this is really upsetting me. Uh, <laughs> that's really what it, all it comes down to. And if, if they, you know, a, a couple of people give away their season tickets saying, oh, you know, I got moved and I'm not in. Well, they got this waiting list that they've been going on about forever. So yeah. there's going to be people who will buy those tickets up. Well, this man, like I all don't this know. stuff. If, do you think that list exists? This anymore? is this is obviously a thing for. I don't know what they're gonna like. Talk about terrible timing to doing a stadium expansion on the eighth consecutive year of not making the playoffs. I don't know how people are just wanting to give up, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, on that note, Eric, I'm glad you came on yeah, and great. got that got your like uh, chance there to kind of sort of put that out on the podcast because it's a different. Sometimes there's crossover, obviously, on the site, but it might reach some other people. Sure. And they can so people can find you. On Twitter, at uh, are you at Eric Arno? Eric underscore Arno. Eric yeah. underscore Arno, and uh, you know the listener. If you haven't seen it, Eric's done a couple, three or four now, just sort of like focusing specifically on ideas and just talking about support and things going on in the stadium. And it's, it's about been, getting the conversation going for me because it exists. Everyone is talking about it. At just finding that neutral true. place to get those ideas out there and see where it goes. I like it too because it's also you always see those conversations going on within supporters groups or on their forums or on their sites. And things are happening, and maybe just people within those... Like, I care about that stuff, 
and there's probably other people who aren't directly connected to supporters group who actually care about that. Yep. So I think I like I was happy that you came on because there's another place, another uh, place that's obviously putting the discussion out there that people who maybe aren't on Red Patch Boys or U Sector or whatever other websites are reading about it. So the supporter culture is what makes this sport this sport, and I want to be able to be proud of what's happening in the stands at Toronto FC. Yeah, Steve Perry. Hi. <laughs> I agree with all that. I think it's great. Yeah. yeah. You can get him on, at, on, his, on his phone. You can text him because uh, <laughs> he's not on Twitter. And I'm not on a cell phone, so you can't text me or nothing. I don't okay. have any of that shit. I'm a Luddite, yeah. so don't fucking talk to me. Okay, fine. All right, so... You can hey, listen to my radio show. Yeah. Yeah, he, Stephen's on... What's the radio... What's it? You're at U of T. I do a radio show at a U of T on Sunday nights, and it's a punk rock show. So if you're not into punk, then fuck off. Yeah. And if you are, you are probably already yeah, and if you know think about the it's show, a bloody, so. If you think it's a bloody big joke, fuck off. Yeah. That's what I should be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and were, of course, they were I'm, too nice with that banner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> way too nice. I'm at Clark RNO, and you can email us at have your say or info at rednationonline.ca and uh, anything that you thought that we talked about on this podcast. Reach out. Uh, it's important to at least try to make it. This is an exclusive uh, discussion, so connect to us in any of those ways. Come back. Hey, guys, there's still one game left. We're way to New England. <laughs> Everyone's excited for that. We'll probably do a podcast on the Sunday, just kind of wrap this season up. I'll figure out who's coming on, and we'll do the post-mortem, so to speak, and probably a few after once the season's done as well. So thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we're glad you stuck with us through this long, like we did with this team. Hopefully there's better days ahead, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Eastside Stand-Up is the only Toronto specific podcast breaking down the game right after it happens. We want you to get involved. Reach out to us on Twitter at RedNationOnline or on email at info at RedNationOnline.ca and share your thoughts on how the Reds did on the pitch today. As well, check out other podcasts on RedNationOnline.ca from the Black Hole and the Gaffer and Hooligan, giving you all the coverage you want on Canadian soccer. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.